Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez, recording this right after the Sacramento Kings conclude their first regular season game of the year against the Portland Trailblazers in uh, traumatic, classic Kings fashion. Got Bryant West on here, as we always do. What's going on, Bryant? How you doing? Uh, I'm not going to lie. That fourth quarter uh, pretty much killed me. I completely somehow forgot how what it's like to watch a Kang's uh, victory. <laughs> but they're 1-0. That's all that matters. And I'm not going to look at anything else. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, we got Will Griffith on here as well. What, how's How are you feeling, Will? I'm the exact opposite. I, I predicted the Kings would lose sub or would win sub 35 games. So, so if they lost, I looked smart. If they win, uh, I, I'm going to hide. So I'm, I'm fine either way. I'm glad the Kings got a victory tonight. Uh, it's a little scary the way they, they, uh, they ended that game, but uh, a win's a win and uh, nothing else quite matters. Yeah. We're live streaming this just probably five, 10 minutes after the final buzzer. Uh, it's on the KP Twitter and I'll set up some other platforms that we'll be live streaming from more often throughout this season. Um, but anybody in the stream, if you want to drop us any questions, feel free and we'll get to them. And anybody listening to the pod, stay on the lookout for those streams in the future. Where do we start? Um, maybe we'll try to go from the beginning of the game rather than reacting to the end, which I know is hard to do because we just finished here. But, Will, the beginning of the game, Fox was aggressive. Harkless got the start, by the way, which I think was somewhat expected from a lot of people. Um, yeah, I mean, what were the first things that stood out to you from the first few minutes of regular season basketball for the Kings this year? I honestly think it was the defense. Like I know they talked about it. I know they kind of hyped it up all all uh, all preseason. That, that was something they were aiming for. But that first you know five minutes or so, Portland was turning the ball over. The Kings were getting up in in their grills. They were they were forcing things their way. I, I was I was surprised. It was kind of like oh this looks like a competent team. Uh, I think there's a big difference in the way just looking at them that they were hedging certain screens or they they were fighting around them rather than just switching everything like they do last year. And I, I guess just aesthetically, that defense looks better. Um, the end result, uh, they still gave up a lot of points. But <laughs> but but we'll, since we're starting at the beginning, the defense looked good quarter one. I, I thought the defense was pretty good till about halftime. Um, they held Portland to 49 points in the first half, which is pretty good. And then Portland scored 36 in each of the last two quarters. So that tells you all you need to know about how long the defense lasted. But um, up until, you know, halfway through the third quarter, I was very impressed with the Kings defense. Yeah, the defense seemed improved. Uh, I, I said on a previous episode, like, I think I'm a little sensitive to shitty defense with this Kings team. Like, I, I see one or two possessions. And I just get so triggered. I'm like, oh, man, here we go again. And it just I get too in my head about it, admittedly so. Uh, but the first half was was good. Um, I liked that. Like Will said, I thought they were like blitzing Damian Lillard. Lillard had an, Lillard had an off night. I have to say it. Uh, I'm not giving full credit to Davion. Davion did a good job. We'll, we'll get into Davion individually in his uh, debut. But yeah, I mean, they made Lillard uncomfortable. And that was clearly yes. part of the game plan, like doubling him, blitzing him. Um, and yeah, that's something a little different. It seemed to work. Here's, here's an interesting stat uh, from our buddy Chris Fit Style on Twitter. 
Interesting stat for you, stat nerds. Rashawn Holmes has now made more threes this season than Damian Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can laugh about now because as I as he was getting up to take that last one, I was just nope, that's in. Yeah. That's in. We're going overtime. Forget it. I, I, I will say though, um Damian's off night was uh 20 points, 11 assists, and four rebounds away from a triple-double, which is yeah. uh, a testament to the talent that Damian Lillard is. But he did look uncomfortable, and and I could say that uh, he looked a little bothered tonight in one way or another. And By by Lillard's standards, yeah, it was a little bit of a disappointing start for him. But by if if Darren Fox had that stat line, I'd be freaking out tonight. Well, Darren Fox was pretty close. Um, Lillard was 8-24. Fox was 9-22. Fox just was seven to ten from the free throw line, so which, which is, you know, yeah, yeah, props to him for that. I'll yeah, take, I'll take it absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, there were probably a couple more whistles he could have gotten. I'm not one to typically oh complain a about couple? refs. Usually, I a like couple? avoid that at all costs. But there was a little stretch there where I was like, "Oh, these are two, three minutes of pretty rough officiating." A uh, couple minutes. That entire second <laughs> half, man. Like, I, I agree with you. I try not to complain about the refs. I probably do more than I should. But, oh, my God, that entire second half was just atrocious garbage, especially that last play. In It was one of the last plays, minute to go, and Nurkic goes over everybody else to bat the rebound. And then a second later, Fox does the exact same thing, like pogo sticks over some dude. And they're like, nope, that one, that one's over the back, but not the one where Nurkic did it. Right. Just I, I, I enjoy Nurkic being Godzilla, that he just <laughs> walks in, stomps through a place, smacks shit around, knocks people over, and then kind of looks around like, what, what are, what's everybody screaming about? Yeah. I enjoy that points, look on his face. 20 points, 14 rebounds, two assists uh, in a game that, like King's biggest dude that they played against him was Tristan Thompson. I was kind of surprised they didn't try any Alex Lennon against him tonight because this would have been a game to go big against Nurkic. But he just had his way, uh, and the refs kind of helped with that. I'm not going to lie. That's a really good point with Alex Lennon. I mean, yeah, like you're saying, this is the type of night where you think you would uh, you would roll him out there. And I think we'll kind of go person by person uh, schematically. I think like we touched on the defense a little bit. I thought the offense looked really good. They also played a, a really bad defense, but still offense looked really good. I mean, two 38 point quarters in the second and the third is extremely impressive. And some of that was some really hot shooting, which we'll get into as we talked to about each one of these dudes kind of individually, but talked about the center rotation a little bit. Uh, Will, I know you pointed this out. Uh, Holmes, didn't look rusty like he did in preseason. No, not at all. He he was fantastic. I mean, he was putting everything in, and 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 fighting in a way that in the preseason, I I don't know what it was. Was it? I mean, and I'll leave this up to you guys. Was it a little bit of a hangover from maybe not getting the money he wanted in the off season? Was it an undisclosed injury? Was he getting over the flu? I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to pin it on. I just know that it didn't show up today, and I don't. What was his final stat line? But he he started off the game hitting his first nine or ten attempts from the field. 21 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, and a steal with one turnover. Nine of ten from the field, including one of one from three, by the way. The push shot works from three. Yeah, Um, Thank goodness he hit that. That three-pointer was the difference in the game, if you think about it. Yeah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing, but yes, it no, was. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, I have no idea, Will. Uh, I agree with you that he was really rusty in preseason, but Rashawn Holmes is also a dude I'm not going to worry about until the games count. Absolutely. Um, and that is this is the first one of those examples. And he showed up in the way that you expect him to. I don't know how to talk about somebody else next aside from Harrison Barnes because what the oh. hell just happened? Um, Harrison Barnes had a career high of 36 points, including 8 of 11 from 3. And uh, he was 0 of 2 at halftime and then knocked down 6 of them? In the third quarter, six yep. of six. Like, what? What just? What happened? Thirty-six points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, ten of nineteen from the field. Harrison Barnes showed up in that second half right when they really needed him. Like, if if I, I talked about this on Twitter, I think the Kings of last year would have given up the ghost in that third quarter. Um, they would not have held the lead as long as they did, and it's because of Harrison Barnes. He showed up right when they needed him to. Well, I think the Kings of this year would have given up the ghost had it not been for Harrison Barnes. I mean, he I mean, he was every single time down the floor. It was like, just, just just find him. Like, I don't care what it takes. Like, it's nice to have Fox going to the basket and whatnot. But I only I knew that the only guaranteed points in that game tonight were Harrison Barnes. And, and he had a fantastic uh, preseason. Like, he was one of those things that you knew that he came to, to camp ready to play that he wanted the playoffs. He didn't want to be on a lottery team this year again. Um, and I, Harrison's always been somebody that I, I discount because I feel like he's just, just one game away or one quarter away from disappearing or like he had, he started off kind of hot and I went, all right, now, now do it for three more quarters. And, and then, then he turned it on to a point where I was like, Oh shit, no, keep going. Like don't, 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 don't stop. I, I think it would be unfair to note that, I'm pretty sure every one of his threes was wide open. Yeah. I'm pretty sure every single one of those that he made was wide open. But I, th- I can think of one step back from the top of the three. But yeah, mo- yeah okay. no, you're right, though. Yeah. Thank goodness. I, I, that's not really a complaint. <laughs> that's just a uh, Kings. You're not going to be able to count on that every game. Yeah, totally. Uh, the ball movement was nice on offense. Uh, Portland's defense also is not exactly Atrocious. the highest standard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, so, but still, you, you take what you can get. I think what Will pointed out, though, like the whole Kings of this year would have given up that lead, too. Like, you scored 38 points in that quarter, um, and I, I hate to be this guy for a second, but you almost just blew an 18-point lead in uh, the exact same – like, that That felt like last year, no? Like, they pulled it off, but it felt like last year. Um, you scored 38 points in that third quarter where Harrison Barnes hit six threes. Portland scored 36. Like – you needed every single one of those shots. Um, and yeah. like Walt said, it was kind of the only guy you could count on and you weren't getting stops on the other end. Um, and I think that kind of leads us to Tyrese Halliburton. Oh. Can we not? I'd rather <sighs> not. Yeah. That was, um, that was his worst game in a Kings uniform. For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think with, with Halliburton, it, it's just a matter of, to me, I was just surprised how how much, especially in the fourth quarter, that 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 Walton leaned on Davion Mitchell of all people. There was a couple of times in the middle of the fourth where it was like, "Okay, come on, put put Halliburton in." And so I I, I kind of blame some of that night on 
on Luke and the way that he was playing Halliburton. It wasn't all Luke because Halliburton obviously earned his, his time on the bench a bit, but he got jerked around a lot too. Yeah, but at the same time, like it's not like Davion Mitchell was in was making it up on offense in a way that Halliburton wasn't. Let's just go through the line. Halliburton was had two points, one of five from the field, four assists. Um, difference is, is that Davion Mitchell's defense was really good. Um, Tyrese Halliburton had some good off-ball moments, but his on-ball moments against both C.J. McCollum and a few against Dame were just really bad. They blew by him a couple of times. Um, and Mitchell wasn't giving it up like that. So I, I was not a fan of Luke Walton's rotation late in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, um, unless Holmes was like secretly hurt and just needed a longer breather. I have no idea why he wasn't in the game until like the last minute. Um, but the one thing that I am not upset with him about is playing Damian Mitchell over Halliburton in that fourth quarter because Hallie did not deserve it. Um, that turnover with what 30 seconds to go just broke my heart. Yeah, they were up 122-117. Portland inbounds it and gets an easy layup, C.J. McCollum. And then there's an inbound to Halliburton, who dribbles it about twice, kind of back under their own basket. And uh, C.J. McCollum, I think it was, gets a steal from him. I saw a lot of Kings fans saying C.J. stepped on the line. Whatever, it was careless. It's a stupid, it's a Kingsy mistake. Like, I, I don't really give a shit about stepping on the line. It was a stupid mistake. Um, and I don't know if that actually happened. Uh, then Dame gets an easy layup. All of a sudden, it's a one-point game. Kings got the ball back. Barnes hit two free throws on the other end, and we just all prayed that Damian Lillard would have one of the <laughs> three games last year without zero threes made for Damian Lillard, and we just happened wow. to get one on opening night. Like Good defense, That's like incredible. Said, made, made him a little uncomfortable, but there were a couple where it's like, man, Dame hits those. I mean... I, I it's weird. I I think that the Kings. I think I I I waver in this place. If I want to give the Kings credit for for doing a fairly good job or looking improved over last year, but also <laughs> recognizing that they also gave up a ton of points, and Damian Lillard had a bad night with a coach that was probably Luke Walton level good. Like I don't I don't I don't think their current coach is very good. Uh, uh I mean. You you heard him in the offseason say that he's not game planning for 53. They're going to do other things. This being Portland's first game, it's kind of like, yeah, I could see them having a rough start to this season. But I don't know where to give the Kings flowers and and where to just be like, yeah, this Portland team, this was, this was to be at least somewhat expected. Yeah, I think it's a balance of both, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe let's try to stick on – this is my fault – I. I took us off of it, but stick on our little bit of thoughts on, on each one of these players here. Um, because I think that's maybe where I have some stronger feelings because the total I think is like exactly how will just uh, laid it out there. It's hard to pinpoint, but we touched on Halliburton a little bit, really rough on defense um, on ball defense. Like I thought he was hunted, which is something that I think teams are going to be pretty aware of. They, that they should be doing this season. Um, we, we saw it happen a little bit last year, and I just wrote something on uh, the Kings Herald recently that came out this morning about Halliburton being in the scouting report this year. Teams have an entire year of tape on him, and 
I mean, on this team, he probably should be second on the scouting report. Maybe, I don't know, whatever. Second, third, fourth, at very least. He's on the scouting report in a way that I don't think he was last year. And when it comes to his defense, it's like, man, I saw this guy every time. Like, hunt him. Do not let him hide. He's an off-ball playmaker. So you limit that and you take advantage of his slender frame. Somewhat understandable. He'll still end up putting on weight. And he still could get better in this aspect. But the reality is right now, Halliburton's a really bad on-ball defender. And there was a couple times where one dribble move from CJ or one dribble move from Damian Lillard, who are admittedly ridiculous offensive players, absolutely lost Halliburton. And they were hunting him. Um, So he struggled there. We touched on that. He didn't have the offense to make up for it. Davion Mitchell, though, didn't have the offense, but is going to be a positive defender. I guess I shouldn't say is going to be because I didn't expect it from game one. After preseason, I believed that more than I did beforehand. But, I mean, really went out there and and bothered Dame and CJ. Like, he was a positive on defense in isolation or pick-and-roll situations against two of the best guys, two of the top guys in the league at doing that. I mean, your first minutes in the NBA – in real NBA minutes, you get thrown out there, guard Damian Lillard. Sure. Damian, I mean, Davion Mitchell didn't seem to have too much of a problem on defense. And he's like, oh, Dame finally subs out. Oh, now you're on CJ. Like, <laughs> he had a tough ass night and did a damn good job on the defensive end. Um, Brian, what stood out to you about Davion Mitchell? I mean, were you expecting this level of defense from him tonight? Or what were your well, thoughts on his uh, debut? Well, whether you were expecting it or not, it was good to see him put it into actual game practice uh, in in a regular season game. Um, I thought he was as advertised on defense, and that was a welcome sight for uh, a team that, you know, I I think a lot of the players who were playing good defense in the first half kind of let it up in the second, and that's not something that you're ever going to have to worry about from Davion. Um, Another thing, I I was really impressed with his uh, passes tonight. Like that one over to uh, Terrence Davis in the second quarter was absolutely beautiful pass. And so uh, you kind of touched on this on Twitter, Brendan. I really do want to see the Kings figure out how to um, manage their guard rotation because I really thought the ball handling was going to struggle when both Fox and Halliburton were off the court. Um Davion Mitchell's a long ways away from actually being like a full ball handler, but his passing tonight was pretty good. Yeah, well, where were you at with uh, Davion's defense and then a little bit of a, you could say, underwhelming offensive night? I mean, one of six from the field, two points, um, but not exactly what he's thrown out there to do. What were your impressions of Davion on both ends? Yeah, I think anything we get from Davion is going to be a plus this year. Like, if, if he can if he can hit, you know, that little tough bucket that he hit, that's fine with me. I, 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 I fully expect him to be a rookie uh, on that level of the floor. Um, that being said, I think, I think the thing that surprised me was that like Luke Walton really didn't stagger lineups. Like I thought, I thought there would always be, you know, at least, you know, 90% of the game, they'd have a Fox or a Halliburton in there to take that pressure off of them or leave that. And that didn't happen. There were some times where it was, Davion was was leading the offense, and he had Terrence Davis and Buddy Hield around him, and it was like, yeah, you're 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 into the fire now, buddy. You're not, in, <laughs> they're not, they're not giving you, you know, he, he was not, he was not a, a 
just lost my train of thought here, but he basically was a, it was a baptism by fire moment for him. He was not given an easy path on his first night. And I think he did a really good job doing what, what we as fans expected him to do. And that's, and that's put out a def- defensive level that's concordant to a 23 year old coming into the league. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are high on him. I know there's a lot of people that expect him to be a top three rookie kind of in the same vein as Halliburton. I, I know our friends over at D'Lo and Casey are very, very high on, on him to the point where I think uh, Kenny today said that he felt like outside of Fox, that Mitchell would be the MVP of the Kings. And uh, honestly, like if, if he, if Davion can give Corey Joseph minutes this year, I'm, I'm happy with him. Like I think three years from now, Davion Mitchell is going to be fantastic. But I think right now, if you can just replicate what Corey Joseph did last year, you're having a pretty good rookie season. I or, do not expect that much from him because he is a rookie. Be, he is going to have an adjustment. Or just be Corey jo- who Corey Joseph thought he was last year. Sure, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not expecting 15 points a game, two nope. steals. I mean, Gary Payton, his rookie year, had like six and seven. Like that's fine. Like I don't, I don't think Davion's going to get six assists a game. I don't think he. I don't know even know if he'll average seven points a game, but I think he'll have a decent job. I think he'll he'll lead the offense. He'll score when he can, provide you know solid defense like he did tonight in in crunch minutes, and, and that's fine. That's perfect for him. Expectations are low, and he's going to far exceed them. Defense and crunch minutes is awesome, and yeah, the scoring was was a. The passing was pretty good. Like I mean, yeah, pretty pretty good as in like it was it was solid. You know, it didn't blow me away, but I was there was a couple times I'm like, oh, that was a pretty good pass. You know, in three assists, zero turnovers, kind of shows that. Like Will pointed out, uh, more minutes of no Fox Halliburton than I expected because I think Walton even said something along the lines of they planned on having one of those guys in the game most times. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely positive aspects of Davion, and I think that what Will just laid out like it should be the more standard expectation. And people got a, a little too hyped, understandably. Davion will have his moments throughout this year. Absolutely. But it's just what a rookie is, especially a 6'1 defensive-focused rookie who is most comfortable on offense, running the pick-and-roll himself, like after a couple of dribbles, kind of in a rhythm. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is a fine, I, I, even better than fine. I mean, closing clutch minutes on defense um, debut for Davion. Was there something you were going to add, Bryant? No, I was just going to point out that Will Griffith has now predicted that Davion Mitchell is going to be Gary Payton 2.0. And Corey Joseph at the same oh, time. Let's, let's not do this. Let's not do this, please. <laughs> There's the sound. Please don't tag that That's on the headliner. That's the headliner. <laughs> uh, yeah. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Why? Now streaming. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Does that. Vacation Friends 2, rated R, now streaming only on Hulu. So 
who do we get to next here? Okay, I oh, want to talk about here. Okay, I was oh. going to say Terrence Davis. This is kind of the same sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, not really. Let me let me do Terrence Davis real quick. Yeah. One of them was good and one of them was not. Um <laughs> uh ter- holy shit terrence davis like um Whew. wow you got you got a green light or something like i know you you felt really good after that lakers game whoa whoa like let's slow it down a little bit here like i get that you're out there to get buckets that's that is what terrence davis is out there for but 13 minutes two of 10 from the field like shooting early in the shot clock sometimes contested threes like whoa it's a little much no both both of the uh, shooting guards who came off the bench for the Kings had a green light all preseason. One of them came in today and had some restraint and passed the ball and made good decisions, and Terrence Davis did not. <laughs> I mean, he played nearly a third the minutes his buddy did and took one more shot than Oh, my yeah. God. And he's not That's shot. He oh, not my God. So it was... And to be fair, Terrence, there was about four of them that like hit every part of the rim, tickled the net a little bit, and then popped out. But like, and shooters are gonna shoot, but like, he was shooting. I mean, he wasn't making, but he, he sure shoot, sure shit was shooting. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely, he definitely was. And and Bryant, you seemed, uh, you seemed a little eager to talk about Buddy's night. I thought Buddy was great. Um, I thought he made good decisions all night. Um, he was really clutch in that final moment there where Blazers really wanted to make him get the ball. And he wisely realized, hey, I can just back this up and get all the way to the other side of the court and make them come and foul me and take time off the co- clock. And then he hit the two free throws. Um, I even thought his defense was pretty okay tonight. At least I'm not remembering any terrible possessions. So, um, you know. 31 minutes, 17 points, five and nine shooting, four or seven from three, six rebounds, three assists, uh, zero turnovers. That was a fantastic buddy game. That's if he if he's doing that every night, like this Kings team is going to be much more dangerous. That's the kind of bench buddy play that this team absolutely needs. I enjoy that you're uh, the deciding factor between Buddy having a good defensive night and not is whether or not you can remember <laughs> the play he screwed up. Which no, is not, I mean, that's not too far afield. I mean, yeah, it's not unfair too. It's, 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 it's a sad truth, but it's a fact. I don't remember him messing up tonight. So it was an okay defensive night. It was hilarious. You said that, but I was like, man, yeah, I can't think of one. And that's pretty weird. <laughs> hey, you know who else didn't have a bad defensive night? Marvin Bagley. I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. I didn't see him on the bench for what it's worth. I, I did. did. I, I saw him I celebrating did. a little. Got it. Yeah, yeah. got it. Yeah. My bad. Um, to to your point about a buddy being a good decision maker, he also had the point in the fourth where they threw it up ahead to him, and he he looked like he was going to pull from three early on in the shot clock, and a point where they I think they're only up like three at the time, and then he just got that defender to bite, and he went by him, and it was it should probably should have been an and one on a continuation, and then they went to the review and they. Portland lost the review, but they took the two points off the board. Oh yeah, but but that was a decision where it was like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. You know, like, okay, all right. That was a good decision, buddy. And so, so to Brian's point, he, there was at least some some hope there from his decision making. Okay, the, buddy and buddy uh, two years ago, buddy had yanked that thing. 
Yep. But he would have tossed that thing up there just to see if he could be the hero. And so in, in his maturity and in his quest for the sixth man of the year, he uh, he made a good decision. The second they showed that replay, I thought of Bryant's from the last episode. Holy shit, that was a pump fake from Buddy Yield. <laughs> <laughs> and for him to drive after instead of sidestep and just shoot another three, I was like, whoa, what is going on here? He had some nice passes. He had some in preseason, too, where I was like, hey, that's a little bit of a different read. Like that was another moment. That was another moment where I'm swearing at the refs. Like they, in the moment they call the foul and continuation, which on replay was correct. And then Chauncey Billups challenged it. And then the ref said the challenge was unsuccessful, but we're taking the points away. Yeah. I think it was explained as it was, I guess maybe it has to do with Chauncey's wording when he challenges it. But my understanding is that he challenged the foul and it was unsuccessful because it still was a foul, but it was changed because it wasn't continuation. It was not defending it, but that's, that's, that's where I understand, I guess, or not understand, but that's what I heard. I feel stupid. I don't even (laughs) You explain that in layman's terms and I'm still like, cool. I don't know. I'll, I'll wait for the referee report tomorrow. I probably didn't make any sense. So yeah. The only thing that's going to make me feel more stupid than tonight's refing is reading the uh, ref report tomorrow. Then I'm going to feel like a fucking moron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Who else do we need to hit on? Um, Um, I'll just bring up real quick. I don't know if we want to talk about him for very long, but um, I think Bryant, you tweeted this out that if Mo Harkless could just be a decent three point shooter, the Kings would have won by 30 tonight. Like if he could just be an average three point shooter, this team would be damn good. He had open looks in the corner. He had open looks on on the wings and he just rattled them out and, or clanked them off the side. And like, there was a few times where any other person in that spot and the Kings would have gone up by 25. I would, I do enjoy his defense, which I know is what you're saying. The offense is really rough. Um, But like when it comes to like weak side rotations, I think he's the only non-center who really does that, um, which is something, which is why my Robert Woodard love won't disappear. But <laughs> uh, um, yeah, oh God, getting worked up over here. Yeah, um, I'm with you. And I think I, I'm fine with Harkless being in that starting spot. Um, if Mitchell or, or Heald, Mitch, yeah, if one of those guys end up working in over Harkless, I'm not going to be mad, but I'm also fine with, with that being the current situation. Um, I'm fine with it being the starting lineup as long as Walton is ready to go to his death lineup in in the fourth quarter. And it's nice now that his starting power forward isn't going to be infuriated if he's not in the floor on crunch time. Yeah. So I guess last two points. We touched on this a little bit, but just to get hard opinions, uh, we'll, we'll start with you here. Like, Did you have an issue with some of Walton's rotations tonight? I did. Uh, again, I, I I think some of some of the way Tyrese Halberton playing was probably him and just the nerves of being his first game of his sophomore year. Uh, but but I do think that had Walton given him a little bit more of a chance to to play with Davion Mitchell or a secondary ball handler, if he was allowed to kind of spread his minutes out away from Fox a little bit, I think that would have gone better. I think he held. Um, I think he held a. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, Holmes too long in the in the in the fourth. 
and and uh, obviously the Kings win, so there's you know not much you can say about it. But but uh, that nearly cost them the game. I feel like. Um, but yeah, I mean, this to me, like it's hard to get worked up over Luke Walton because I've seen it now for for season after season. It's just like, no, this is who he is. Like I knew this was going to happen, and so anyone who thought because the Kings had some chemistry and some good vibes and a couple more veteran leaders on our team that, that this all of a sudden would change who the Kings are from a management standpoint. Uh, Luke Walton's still here and the team's ceiling is going to be a little lower because he's the one calling the shots. And because there's no gold jerseys. Yeah. Well, really that's want good vibes. No, you want to get we in really there. You want, want to get in there. Vibes. I'm with <laughs> you, by you? the way. Might be the only one, but I'm with I know you. you are. I know you <laughs> I'm going to totally ignore this part of the podcast. <laughs> Did you guys hear that uh, after the win, uh, the camera panned to Doug Christie high-fiving players and Kyle Draper was like, as Doug Christie and the Sacramento Kings get their win. Wasn't uh, one saying Luke Walton there. Mm, mm. Christie <laughs> looks like well, – Christie was so hyped on the sidelines. At one point, yeah. right, where you were like, Brendan, you need to clip that. And it was like just – such a elegant fist pump after after a, a great I think it was a Davion drive and kick to Terrence Davis for three. Um, it, was, it was even before Davis hit the three. He Dante greened it. Yeah, he knew, or he was just excited for the pass. Um, either way, like, I love Doug more for that. Um, I too wasn't a big fan of Walton's rotation in the fourth quarter. Um, I would have rather seen him do the bench three guard lineup with Halliburton in place of either Heald or Mitchell. Um, I don't want to see three guard lineups that involve Heald, but uh, Heald, uh, Davis, and Mitchell all on the floor at the same time. Like that's when you should be making Tyrese Halliburton handle the ball. He needs to, he needs that experience. Um, But the only thing I really cared about late in the fourth quarter was why Rashawn Holmes wasn't back in until a minute left. Uh, So I, it, the Kings won, like Will said. I'm not going to get overly complainy uh, when they pull off a victory. Yeah, I was, for my opinion on the Walton's rotations on uh, opening night, like I was really surprised with the no Fox or Halliburton lineups. And it was probably eight minutes in the game, but it's still a whole lot more than I expected to see. And like I said, I think Walton was talking about planning on staggering those guys. Um, I don't think I'm misremembering. I feel like I remember seeing that quote recently. Um, And yeah, I would guess like just trying to find the logic and holding out on Holmes is that like the issue was the defense. And I don't think it's crazy to say that Tristan Thompson's like a better defender. I think it could be argued either way, Um, but I guess somewhat understand it. And then I'll say that like Halliburton was really bad. Like, I get that he played really well last year. Tim said at one point um, in our in our chat that Halliburton was the most clutch player on the Kings last year. Like, why is he not in at the end of this game? I understand that, but I, I also am not going to. I don't know. Kind of like ah, he was really shit today. Um, so I have frustrations with Walton. I want to go back a little bit more and grasp a better understanding of those rotations uh, before I critique too much. And one thing I did want to say that we didn't get to last episode, because it's not very often that I feel like I can praise Walton, but like one of the few things has been, I think his willingness to adjust rotations at times throughout the years, right? I think of uh, 
willing to put Bielitsa in the starting lineup over Bagley. I know Jaeger did that as well. I feel like there's one I'm forgetting. Um, but I think that Walton deserves a little bit of praise for being willing to not play Marvin Bagley. Um, and I know that's backtracking a little bit, but I felt like... <laughs> a backhanded compliment if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it is. It is. And I just was thinking about it like after we recorded the last one. I'm like, you know what? Walton deserves a little bit of credit for that one. It's rare that I find an opportunity where I feel like, wow, I, I feel like Walton did well there. So I just felt like I needed to get that out there. Uh, you know what? We'll give him the red badge of courage for uh, <laughs> for having the bravery to, to not play Marvin Bagley a single minute tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I was, I was a little worried when, uh, uh, who was in foul trouble early? Um, Harkless. Harkless got like three fouls in the uh, first half, I think. And I was like, oh, is this going to change your opening night rotation? Nope. It didn't. He somehow still didn't play Marvin Bagley. It's crazy. He gets a second <laughs> red badge of courage for not playing Marvin Bagley, even though Mo Harkless. Top 10 coach. Top 10, <laughs> top 10 coach. Coach of the year on the way. Oh, God. Okay, last question before we get to an overtime here or whatever other crap you guys want to throw in here. Um, did this – we kind of touched on it, but I, I feel like it's a good closing point. Like, did this feel different than last year and in what ways? Um, I'll start on this one. Maybe we'll go reverse order. I want to do the whole like the first half did. But I think I'm just going to go with no. Like, I think you could say last year at times that a half was solid. Like, it was probably better than than moments last year. Like, the defensive – I'll say that they, um, the defensive schemes were a little different. I'm, I'm kind of going to be championing this whole Doug Christie over Rex Kalamian thing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that – I guess that felt a little bit different. There was a – understanding of defensive rotations and intensity on that end in a, in a variety of game plans that I will say felt different, but in the end felt like the same Kings team as last year. I guess that's, that's where I'm at. And they pulled out the win. That's what matters. I think more often than not in these close games, they probably didn't. Um, but that's where I'm at with that. What is, what is reverse order here? We got will next. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do what you, what you failed to do. Um, it, it felt different in the uh, for the first three quarters, I'll say. For the first three quarters, I was like, okay, <laughs> you know what? I started typing out tweets about uh, uh, making fun of myself for predicting sub-35 sub wins this year. And then about the time I, like, picked out the right gif and, like, put the right spot at the right, uh, the Blazers cut it to 10. And I was like, hold on a second, buddy. Like, let's 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 pull back from this. Let's just see what let's just see what happens. And the Blazers, uh, you know, the Kings went up again. I typed it out again. That whole fourth quarter, I was like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I don't have to post this tonight. That that whole fourth quarter, <laughs> like, uh, I have not, I have not seen, I have not heard, I have not witnessed anyone use Kangs since the end of last season. You know, it's it, it, they stopped using it on podcast. Like, like we aren't, we weren't typing it because the Kings have been generally competent this off season. Uh, Summer league preseason, and and so I haven't seen it, and and I typed it out in the middle of the third quarter. I was like, "I miss you, bud. Where you been?" And then <laughs> fourth quarter, if you, I bet I, I bet I saw it a hundred times, and I was like, "Oh, the back, you know, uh, the season's back." So mm-hmm. 
uh, it does it feel different? Yeah, but not that different. Not different enough for me to to confidently say I'm an idiot for picking sub thirty five. Yeah. Um, from a game game perspective, like it's hard to look at just one game and say they're different. Um, because there was so much unusual about tonight. Like Harrison Barnes is not going to score 36 points on most nights. Damian Lillard is not going to go 0 for 9 from deep against the Kings on most nights. Um, so I'm going to wait a month before I decide if this team's any different. Uh, but that fourth quarter felt same old, same old. But I'll also say, like, there are plenty of Kings teams in the past that wouldn't have made it to that fourth quarter and still led. And there's very few Kings teams in the past 15 years would have pulled off that game after just going ice cold in the fourth like that. So I love that Bryant thinks he's going to be able to wait a month. Like I'm not going to ask him again in a week. Yeah. And I'm going to pull something out of you. Yeah. If I have to edit together audio clips of different pieces, <laughs> we're going to figure this out. You can make me crow about uh, Davion Mitchell. There you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. When, when Davion has a real breakout game, we'll, we'll get yeah. there. Uh, yeah. I, I think um, now that I've had a second to think about it and steal a little bit of your guys' ideas and just sound smarter here. Uh, I think it's just that like they won with their offense and their defense was yeah, good for stretches, but overall, like disappointed and, and led to allowing Portland to come back. Like it was really bad at the end. So kind of feels like the same thing, but you get the win. They move on to the, the Utah Jazz on Friday, which um we don't really need to preview that one. Let's just, you know, good vibes, good vibes. This is a great team. Yeah, this is going well, great. Guys, it'll be okay. Yeah. Overtime question. Will, as a guest here, we're going to have you answer first. We got a would you rather. Okay. Would you rather have bionic arms or bionic legs? Ooh. Oh my gosh. I just realized I need to be looking on Reddit for these type of questions. You know what? It's hard. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. You go to ask Reddit, you'll find you'll find a right. million questions. Some of them inappropriate. Ones that you don't want to ask on this particular podcast. <laughs> you'll find anything you ever want to know on Reddit. Um, I, I think this one's actually not that close. Um, I think it's bionic legs, you know, because bionic legs, they're, you know, if my legs could never get tired or if I could get any sort of extra boost out of my legs, I'm windmill dunking over my kids at, at their eighth grade basketball practice. Uh, my back never hurts. I'm able to do fine motor things with my fingers still. Um, I, I think it's, I, I mean, I don't ever have to wear shoes again. You know how much money we put into shoes? I don't have to do it. I don't have to worry about about you know going barefoot out into the park or anything else. Like if I got dog crap on my bionicle feet, I'll just spray it off of the hose. <laughs> like, Is that what you do with your normal feet? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I walk out to the park, I step in dog, and then I'm like, like, no, I don't ever have to. Yeah, the fact that I don't have to pay for shoes is enough for me. The back pain uh, going away, or my legs getting physically fatigued. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I think that's the answer for all the reasons that Will just said. But also, if I've got bionic arms, I have to go work out my legs a lot to compensate for the fact that I just put a whole bunch of weight on me from bionic arms. 
Interesting. Bionic legs, they're just there. I don't have to go like massively work up, work out my upper body to compensate. I'm going to attempt to make an argument for the other side. So are, are we saying that like I get to participate in sports with, with these things? Because I think What's arms, sw- I think arms wins out here. Like yeah, but you can't box with them. Like, can I be a pitcher? Sure. You know badass pitcher. In this made up a, scenario, you can do <laughs> A pitcher or a quarterback? Like, pretty but, killer. Pretty killer. But that would require you to have good eyes as well. Yeah. Like, like at uh, least with legs, you just You're don't. underestimating my eyes, and Will. Right. What, yeah, yeah. What, what is this? I've never seen you wear glasses as far as I know, but at some point, those eyes are going to get old. An arm is not going to magically make you into a better quarterback. I'm going to imagine well, you up your grandkids. My accuracy is ridiculous. I just, if to avoid the sacks, I just run all the way back to my own end zone and my arm can throw that shit. Like, I have no issues. I can no just issues. see you as a grandfather at 75 picking up your grandchild and crushing them because you can't control your bionic arms anymore. You can't see them quite right. Meanwhile, Will and I are running up and down the court and in two seconds and windmill Duncan. I'll just run on my hands. Like I don't see the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the blood flow to your head. That's right. The one, which you, you <laughs> lack now. It sounds like my whole, uh, my whole way of making the answer bionic arms is by just using my arms as legs. <laughs> as legs. Yeah, yeah. Here's my one argument for the bionic arms. I'd have something to beat Tim Maxwell with for trying to jinx the hell out of this game. Tim was trying. Tim definitely was using all of his bad mojo to get, oh my to get the Kings a loss tonight. I, I was the a little king, worried king, where you this, were going with that, Brian. The smartest thing that Tim Maxwell has ever said is, I don't ever trust a King's lead. And then tonight's the night where he's like, I totally trust it, guys. <laughs> like, there's no way that he didn't say that, knowing exactly what the hell he was doing. Yeah. It's a I mean, terrible bit. Yeah. I was going to defend him, but yeah, God damn it, Tim. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> All right. Well, one and oh, one and oh, undefeated. And, al- and they almost made Will change his uh, prediction after oh three quarters. God, I was close. I was close too. I was nearly making fun of myself, but exponentially more wins than the can Los I also, Angeles Lakers. Can I point out one other thing that's going to bum Bryant out a little bit here? Of course. Um, and it might make you happy, actually, Brendan. Um, Luke King didn't even suit up tonight. Robert Woodard did. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that part. Luke King oh, was no. not even. Luke King and oh. Nemius Keita were not even, were, were inactive. Meanwhile, Robert Woodard was sitting on the bench. So for everyone who thinks Luke King is coming in and ending up as a starter at the end of the year, and the Kings are also somehow going to make the playoffs, y'all crazy. And and tonight is the first night of seeing that. If you look close one enough, of them, one of them's uh, still on a two way contract. The, the issue was defense tonight. Which one plays defense? <laughs> Lewis Brian? King. No, no, no. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Yes, he guards. Who who are we talking about? Scotty Bar Scotty Barnes. Scotty Lewis. Like who is he guarding in summer league? Who was the championship game against Boston? Who, who was Lewis? I mean, uh, who was Robert Woodard guarding in summer league? I don't remember. 
<laughs> Nobody. You, you got me there. That's going to do it for uh, this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I needed to throw one, but if if it wasn't chaotic, it wouldn't be a visit from me. So I appreciate it. Who's your like end of the bench crush? Who's my end of the bench crush? You you do have a JR cutout. Uh, Yeah, it's yours. I bought it for you. You say that, but you never give it to me. So I don't know. Every time you've come over, uh, you've left it here. (laughs) <laughs> i know i know you secretly don't want it we'll, we'll say uh you know no. uh, next time i hear that brendan has gone over your house if the next time i'm recording a podcast with brendan and he's not got a jr cutout behind him i'm gonna be really upset look at that how, how dare you Look how sad he looks. He's <laughs> looking off in the distance before you. I was going to say, like, what is he looking at? He's thinking about if he had bionic oh, legs. How, yeah. I know. He'd be at the he top needs bionic legs. Station. It only goes to his hips. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I know. I know Will's end of the bench, dude. Uh, Poku, who had 15 he, minutes tonight for the worst team in the league. <laughs> there you go. He's not quite into the bench. He'll get there by the end of the season, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Will. And everybody else at the King's Herald. I don't know why I only mentioned Will. Like, we're not all part of the King's Herald. Will, <laughs> I am myself, all part of the King's Herald. Uh, at Will of the People. Why is it T-H-A? The, because T-H-E the. was taken. Ah, got it. That oh, sense. I thought it I was just artistic. That. Oh, yeah, I'm very artistic. I, it was it was to give a little edge to it, a little, little urban <laughs> oh, flavor you, to it. You're not artistic? <laughs> oh, Here's I am a reminder. Artistic. Yeah, here's a here's a reminder for everybody. If you do not start every morning where a Kings game is happening by reading Will's game previews, you're you're missing out on something fundamentally awesome in your life. Go read them. Such as today where you miss out on a Matrix Revolutions reference and uh, a Great Gatsby reference. You didn't miss much, folks, but I appreciate it, Brian. I wasn't able to pick up on either one. I have not seen I it. Even, I even linked one. I, I saw the Great Gatsby one. I totally missed the Matrix Revolution. I don't. I don't think I ever saw Matrix Revolution. Oh well, I saw the first two. I know they say it's terrible, but it's good. Is that the red pillar or the blue one? Oh, Brendan! Oh my, young man! <laughs> Cut that part! Cut that part! Brendan wasn't even alive when that movie came out. No, is it? Is it? It is right. No, that's it, the first one. No, they. I mean, yeah, but it's but the Matrix. Like, I, it's the Matrix is the red, blue, bill, blue. Unloaded, yes. unloaded. Yeah, you know what's re, funny? Reinnovated. I don't know. Three, three, like four years ago, my wife was showing me all these movies that I somehow had never seen. The the number one of which was, um, oh my god, what's the greatest? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. For some reason mm-hmm. I can't remember it. I she was educating me on all these awesome movies, and I and I was really trying to find a movie that she'd never seen before. And I was like, "Have you seen The Matrix?" And she said, "No, let's totally watch this." Does not hold up. None yes, of them it does. Up. No, it does they, not. They hold absolutely up. do. They do not. Oh no! I'm gonna have to have you over, and I'm gonna have to give you a four hour lecture on why these hold up. Uh, the Matrix totally you know, holds up. You know me, I'm a dude who loves meaningful art and literature that has been, that has shined through the darkness of our ages. Like that that one does not stick. As someone who who got choked up at something as silly as Avengers Endgame, 
I will say this, oh, and I will plant my flag in the ground here. The Matrix is better than any Marvel movie has ever been, and I love Marvel movies. The Matrix is the bomb. You, you, you are just spouting nonsense on my podcast, and I don't approve of that anymore. These these video clips are definitely getting pulled and uploaded <laughs> because of our visual reactions. Uh, how perfect. many people are still watching this right now? Not enough. Less and less all the time. <laughs> right, right. Oh, God. If if you are still watching this or you're still listening to this at this point, go and yell at us on Twitter and tell us whose who's movie yeah. takes you agree with right now. Please chime in that Brian is wrong. I, I, will, I will cash app you $1. I'm trying to think of a movie take. Um, because I feel like I need to have one. I haven't had one. Yeah. Um, what did you know, think of the Paw Patrol movie, I, Brandon? I remember Paw Patrol, they. Fuck you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have Greg uh, back on because um, last time he was here, he gave you oh, no. and me like forty movies that you hadn't seen in like twenty. I hadn't seen. Have you seen any of those movies? You know, there's one that he keeps telling me to watch, and I keep forgetting. Oh, Where do I find black it? and white movies, guys? <laughs> Which movie are you talking about? Um, shit. I would go. Uh, I mean, I have a subscription to the Criterion Channel, which uh, which has a lot of black and white movies, but the it's Criterion all like Criterion Channel. You know, what the Criterion Collection is. No, it's like a collection the of the, the greatest movies <laughs> ever made, and the Criterion Channel has those, but they're from all all different cultures, all, all different continents. You know. <laughs> you can watch Iranian movies. You can watch. I mean, but they're just like the best movies ever made. Uh, I see oh, you, Craig. No. I'm trying to, Greg. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to remember what freaking movie you keep telling me to watch. And I keep every episode I have Greg on. He's like, "Did you watch it yet?" I'm like, "Oh no, no, I forgot. I'll watch it tonight." And I swear to God, I always mean to. I just never do it. I also just don't watch movies. It's not like I'm watching other things. <laughs> Oh, God. My movie take, if I have to put one, is that I tried to catch up on like older classic movies. And that's that's where this black and white movie came from. I asked Greg for, Greg for a classic, and I realized that asking a classic is not exactly what I meant. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, my, wait. What, what was the movie that you were It's going to be Schindler's List, classic? isn't it? No, it, he he pulled some like late two thousand. Did I say like movie. I am legend or some shit? Yes. Like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> Greg was like, "What is like your your favorite classic movie?" And you were like, "I am Legend's really good." I don't. Yeah, I didn't say that was my favorite. It was just I <laughs> I panicked. I will go catch me if you can. Oh, that's okay, a, that's okay, a good one. Okay, that's, that's a, a good one. It's decent. Yeah, I'll give it to you. That's another that's one my wife had to show me that I somehow missed in my life. There, yeah, there were a couple where I'm like, wow, Tom Hanks is really good. <laughs> I should have known that by now. But yeah, you know. Yeah, the I, seminal I, American actor is pretty good. Yeah, crazy, crazy how that works. So, if you ever want movie takes, you know what? Have me and Greg on at the same time. So <laughs> me, you guys can have a basketball podcast, and me and Greg can have a, a concurrently no. running movie podcast at the same we'll, time. We'll say that for some night when the Kings just shit the bed and we don't yeah, want a 30 point loss. Anymore. You have me on. I'll Friday we night. won't even. <laughs> Shut up! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're totally going to be. Oh the best God! It was the it was the at Utah game last year where they lost by like 49. God damn it! You just oh, you you've jinxed it now. What? No 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 no! Aren't they home? Yeah. Tristan Thompson will stop. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah yeah. If, if the they Kings would just are play down by Robert 30. Woodard, this wouldn't be a problem. 
Yeah. Robert right, Woodard, who so could also have the, the nickname Off Night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we get the, the real Donovan Mitchell against the fraud Donovan Mitchell. So there we go. All right. Well, <laughs> got off the rails here. But, yeah, this is just a fun little reactionary one. Usually we're not going to do, like, post-game pods um, reacting to one specific game unless there's some um, – outlier situation or or update on a storyline or uh career high i I was gonna say some other thing that i realized i probably shouldn't say on air um nothing bad i just don't want to jinx anything um thank you yeah no problem i'm trying injuries Uh, (laughs) there you go will thanks Thanks. (laughs) gotta get those sub 35 guys oh god so Everybody unfollow. I mean, follow uh, Will <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> no, you had it right the first time. You had it right the first time. <laughs> At Will of the People. Um, everybody, obviously, check out the Kings Herald. Coverage is ramping up there. I keep saying that. At this point, it's it's fully ramped up in full gear. Will's previews, breakdowns, analysis, uh, Moran's recaps, which she does a ridiculous job on those. Um, yeah, with Tim's somehow shitty puns that he makes 800 words that's pretty impressive not gonna lie um tim killed me with a tweet by the way that said that was uh the best half of basketball for marvin bagley in a, <laughs> as a member of the sacramento Kings. i was like jesus christ tim um but yes okay i don't want to keep it going any longer everybody check out all the great work at the king's hero take a look at the patreon to support local independent king's coverage if you enjoyed this episode of the king's Plus podcast please subscribe rate and review and hear from us again in the next couple of days